0: Hey guys, Kale here. So, the Christian walk, growing and and maturing in your walk with Christ, in your relationship with Christ, requires you to learn how to rely on God more and more. Um, that just makes sense, right? If if we're actually going to grow and and walk with the Lord and and grow in our maturation process. Or, or in our maturity level, rather with Christ, that that means that we have to learn to rely on Him more and more, which essentially means we have to work out our faith. We have to we have to grow our faith and stretch it like a muscle, like when you go to the gym and you work out like your biceps or your chest or whatever muscle. When you're working out, you're working that muscle, and it actually breaks down. You're you're almost you're breaking down the muscle. You're almost injuring it to a point that it hurts. But then after a day or two of rest, it heals and it comes back stronger. And that muscle grows the more that you work it out. And that muscle can endure more and more uh, of a burden over time as it continues to grow and to build and faith is like that you have to work it out you have to grow it and we have to and we do that by learning to rely on God more and more and i often tell people this it's really hard to grow your faith if you're never in a scenario or a situation where it requires you to trust God now we might think that oh yeah well i trust God all the time I mean, that may or may not be true, but specifically for those of you who are listening, who are in a, a Western culture, uh, specifically like uh, America, where, you know, generally speaking, there's a, a large amount of wealth compared to the rest of the world. Uh, of course, individually, you may not be rich, but compared to the rest of the world, uh, America is is quite rich. And if you were born to a good family with good parents, Christian parents, um, who, who, had a decent income and say you you grew up, you went to school and maybe you went to college or you didn't, but you then you gained a, a career or you do pretty well. It it's quite possible to go through a couple decades of your life without ever having to trust the Lord to a level where if God doesn't come through, everything falls apart. You you know what I mean? Like yes, of course when you got saved, that is the ultimate epitome of Faith, trusting God with your eternity, with your life. Of course, yes, absolutely. But what about after that? After you're born again, what are you doing to grow? And now some people are just depending on where they're at in life, their context, their situation, they might naturally just come into these faith building things. But there's other people where you may need to make decisions, intentional decisions to where I'm going to put myself out here so that the Lord has to come through for me. And a lot of us try to avoid that because it's uncomfortable. And why would I intentionally make myself uncomfortable? Well, the reason is so that God can show himself and so that God can provide. And when you see God provide, it builds your faith and you build memorials in your life and in your, in your, walk with Christ that you can look back on and that help in the future trials. All of that is kind of a long rambling way to introduce what I, what I wanted to briefly try to briefly talk to you about this morning is that when, if you want to be a Christian, you, you, if you want to be a Christian, if you are a Christian, it it requires faith and faith requires trusting and relying on God in every aspect of life. And if you want to be a leader in ministry, If you want to be a missionary, if you want to be a pastor or if you want to be a deacon or if you want to just be a leader in your church, a lay leader, it requires you to trust God more and more and more. Because the farther you get in in serving God and being a leader for the Lord and whatever way you may do that, it requires you to trust God more and more. And so he's going to grow your faith. And I just want to share with you briefly a story that I've shared with lots of people, but I don't think I've done it on this platform. So I'm just going to share it briefly. Um, When I was, I got married when I was 21 years old um, and it was 2012. And in the, it was in the beginning of 2012. And then towards the end of 2012, we had a missions conference at our church and long story short, I, I felt the Lord calling me to surrender to missions. Now, I always wanted to be a pastor ever since I was a teenager. When I was a teenager in high school, I knew like, hey, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I want, I want to be a pastor and to desire the work of a bishop is to desire a good thing. And so I always knew that I wanted that, but I didn't know how I would get there. I didn't know what I would have to do. Uh, I was just trusting the Lord with each next step. Right. Well, I had never even considered missions until the fall or late 2020 or I'm sorry, late 2012, man, has it been that long already? Yes. Over 10 years. That's crazy. Uh, Late 2012 is, is when I felt the Lord impressing on my heart that not necessarily, I I didn't know that I was going to be a missionary at that point, but what I felt was God impressing on my heart that I wasn't fully surrendered to being used by him. I, I felt like God was telling me, Hey, I know that you're surrendered to be a pastor because that's what you want to do. And awesome. That's cool. But I feel like you're I feel like what he was telling me is that I'm only surrendered to doing what I want to do as in being like a youth pastor at the church that I grew up and doing the fun stuff. But I felt like God was really challenging me at that conference when I was 21 years old that I want you to be surrendered to whatever I want you to do and how my, my pastor, my, uh, the late Mark Trotter used to say being surrendered to whatever, whenever, wherever God would call you, not just I'm surrendered to God this much, you know, I I'm willing to do this, but saying no blank slate, blank check, God, whatever you would have me to do, I'm in. And so that was my all in moment. That's what I always say at the end of 2012, I was like, God, I'm all in. I don't know what it means, but I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, I was 21 years old and and I said, I'm all in. And so I was excited. I couldn't wait for it. I'm like, next year, man, this is going to be big time, mountaintop experience, right? Um, that's what it felt like that week. And then it wasn't but a couple months later, I was having some, uh, what I thought were just minor health issues. And, and I and I ended up going to the doctor just because I was like, hey, can can you give me a prescription for this? You know, it had some like, you know, um, acid reflux kind of stuff. And I was like, eh, maybe I could just get a prescription, then this would help me. And I had some other symptoms, and my doctor, he was like, "Yeah, you don't do anything as a twenty-one, what then, twenty-two-year-old kid that that would make me think you should have these symptoms that you have." So, I and you know, praise the Lord for that doctor. He's like, "I, I want you to go get checked out by a specialist." Long story short, the rest of that year, twenty twenty-two, ended up being, er, twenty twenty-two, jeez, twenty thirteen ended up being the, one of the worst years of my life. And, and by worst I just mean like the hardest, it was one of the hardest storms I've ever been through because I ended up through months and months of seeing specialist after specialist and hospitals and tests. Um, I was diagnosed with something called Crohn's disease, which is an immuno, uh, an immune system deficiency. It's, uh, basically it's, it's one of those diseases where your immune system attacks itself. Um, it's, it's related to, uh, ulcerative colitis, some other things like that. And, um, and I didn't know what that meant. I was 22 years old when you're 20 in your early twenties, you feel like, you know, you're going to live forever. You know, you won't, but like, you're just, you're not thinking about health insurance and health insurance premiums and doctor's appointments and mortality, And, um, of course I wasn't diagnosed with cancer or anything, but for me, that was my whole world was rocked. You know, my, my short, my, my young marriage, only being a year married at that point. Um, I was just like, man, this is wild. And, and I got frustrated when the storm hit, because in my head, I'm like, Lord, I just told you a couple months ago that I'm all in, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. Why in the world would the response to that be? Allowing a storm like this to where I now have an incurable disease that I basically have to find some way of getting it into remission um, that's going to cause me a lot of troubles and drained my bank account. and, And why would you allow this to happen? And I had many angsty prayers like david would pray in like psalm 13 you know where you're just like why i don't understand this i i said i was all in why me of all people would you allow this to happen and what i learned over the course of that year is god was using that storm as a test in my life to say okay i know you said you're all in but are you really all in I know you're all in when the sun is shining and you're on the mountaintop and everything seems fine and adventurous and let's take over, let's take the world by storm for God. But what about when everything falls apart? You lose all your money paying doctor bills. You lose your health. Um, What what about that when the rain starts falling and the waves start creeping in and you've got nothing, you can't trust yourself anymore to provide, what are you going to do? Are you still all in? And it took me that whole year to realize realize all that because what it, what it did is that storm drove me to my knees. It drove me to God's word, and I spent some very treasured time with God in that year, and um, and it taught me a lot about myself and about my relationship with God and how to trust Him to provide for me. Um, but what I realized years later. Because, of course, my answer to that was, yes, Lord, you what else am I going to do? Of course, I'm all in um, and God provided time and time again. But what what I saw specifically that God taught me in in like in the way of provision is that I didn't realize how much and I didn't go to college. I, I was just working a regular job. I was, uh, you know, being trained at my local church, but I, I didn't go spend my 18 to 22 year old time period in college, like a lot of my friends did. And so I, you know, I was working a job, I was married and, you know, I, I didn't realize how much pride I took in, in being able to provide for my young family and, and having a little bit of money in the bank and these kind of things and providing for myself, really. I didn't realize how much pride I took in that. And God's like, listen, man, if you want to be a missionary, you're going to have to trust me to provide, man, cause it's going to be hard. You're going to have to trust me to provide your salary. You're going to have to trust me with your health and with your family's health. You're going to have to trust me way more than you trust now. And so here's a little test to see if you can do that. Um, and, uh, and he taught me that lesson and is still teaching me that lesson, of course. But that is is one way in my life that God used a big storm to grow me and to grow my faith and to grow my, uh, my ability to trust God to provide for me. And ever since then, my my care for money has has went down. I am able to trust God like back in the day, if my bank account or savings account got under a certain like amount, I would get anxiety and frustrated and angry even And, um, and that wasn't trusting God that was trusting myself to provide for me, wherein God was like teaching me, you need to trust me to provide for you in all manners, not just finances and health with your family in life in in everything in security. And so God will use storms. And, um, the, I'm going to wrap this up really quickly, but the, the story that God took me back to over and over again in the Bible was specifically in Matthew 14, when Jesus walks on the water. And I know what you're thinking, like, oh, wow, you know, that's it. You know, I was expecting something more obscure or like, oh, wow, that's not a story anyone's ever preached on before. But God showed it to me in in, in a different perspective f- for my life and how he was applying it to me. Because what you, what a lot of people don't realize is directly before that story, that storm where the disciples are caught in a storm and, you know, Jesus walks on the water and Peter walks on the water. Directly before that, in the same day in history, is the feeding of the 5,000 which is the only miracle other than the resurrection of Jesus Christ that is recounted in all four Gospels, which is a big deal. That's a big deal if it's the only other miracle mentioned all four Gospels recorded, because that means that it meant a lot to his followers, to the apostles, and to everyone who was there. This was a huge deal, and it was recorded in all four Gospels. And that same day, it wasn't just the next story, the same day in history right after that happened which would have had to have been a huge mountaintop spiritual high experience for his disciples the same day Jesus says okay get in a boat straight away go to the other side i'll meet you there he leaves them alone and they get caught in a large storm and God allows them to get caught in this storm that uh makes them think they're going to die makes them wonder why god would let them go through this makes them forget what jesus looked like that's the story where when jesus walks on the water towards them they thought it was a ghost their circumstances got to them so much that they forgot what Jesus looked like, even though a couple hours ago he was doing the biggest miracle in their life. And I felt like those disciples because I felt like I had just a couple months ago had this huge mountaintop experience where God talked to me. He's like, are, are you all in? And I'm like, yes, I'm all in. Here we go. And then immediately he allowed a storm in, in my life that I wasn't expecting that was refining me. And um, and so I, I learned a lot through that. And of of course, you know, in, in Peter, when, when he walks on the water and he, he has faith in Christ, but then he takes his eyes off of Jesus and starts looking at the circumstances and the storm and the waves. And then he starts to sink. It's only when he has his eyes fixed on Jesus and trusting him that he can walk on those waters. There's a lot to learn. Um, But ultimately what I wanted to tell you guys about is like, listen, if you if you're a Christian at all, but especially if you want to be in leadership or a pastor or a missionary, you have to learn how to trust God to provide in all aspects of your life. And God may and very often does use a storm in your life to show you that and to, um, like the refiner with the gold and the silver, he turns up the heat so that the impurities float to the top. And then if you allow God to scrape that dross off, you become more pure. You become more like him. Um, But we get to decide how we're going to react when the heat turns up, whether we're going to continue to trust him and it drives us to our knees and drives us to the Bible, or if it's going to drive us away in frustration and say, I'm not in anymore. I'm not doing this. Um, But to be all in is to be all in no matter the circumstances and to trust God uh, regardless of what happens in life. And I can say 11 years after that, um, that I still look back on that pile of stones that I set up in that year in 2013, um, because moving your whole family across the world during a global pandemic is difficult and move and becoming a missionary and a, uh, with learning a foreign language is difficult and it's really hard. But then I can look back in my rear view mirror and be like, okay, God taught me how to trust him. He taught me that I can rely on him and he will do this. And faithful is he who calleth you, who also will do it. And all of these things that he taught me and, and I can, and it grew my faith like a muscle because now I can, I can, I can take more of a burden, just like your biceps when you're curling and they get bigger, you can lift more later. I can take more of a burden because I've learned how to trust God more. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it is easier than it was. It's easier to trust him than it was 10 years ago. And that's the point of growth, right? That's the point of growing in your walk and in your faith and maturing. And so, um, I, yeah, the, the I mean, the, the, the full story is much longer. I don't want to spend an hour on the podcast telling it. Um, but if that's something that you're interested in, I actually did write a short book. It's like 120 pages. Um, I put it out a couple years ago that, um, is specifically not just my story. I didn't want to just write like a biography because it's like I'm 30 years old. Right. Um, but what I wanted to do was recount what God taught me from Matthew 14 uh, in that storm and then relate that to the storm I was going through in life. And so um, the the book is called Journey to Gennesaret, um, navigating the storms in life on our journey to spiritual maturation. Um, I believe that's the full title. Um, but, but that is, that's the gist of the book. And it's, so it's not just about me. It's really about how can you can, how you can look at Matthew chapter 14 and that story, um, and use that in your own life when you're navigating storms to allow God to grow you and to trust and to trust him more and to grow your faith. If that's something you're interested in, you can check it out on Amazon. You can just Google journey to Gennesaret or Google my name, uh, Amazon search my name, Kale Horvath. And that book will come up. It's got like a hand poking out of the water, um, uh, that you can order an actual physical hard copy book of it, or you can just, it's like a couple dollars for the, uh, uh, the digital Kindle version. But anyway, I don't mean that to be just a, a, sorry, like a a plug or an ad for my book. I really don't care. If I have any, I, you know, and you see me, I'll give you one for free. Um, but really I, I wrote that Because I wanted it to be a resource for people who are going through hard things and they don't understand why. Um, Because I learned the hard way. Um, I mean, we all learn the hard way, but really, God showed me that, and hopefully, um, you can use that as well in your life if you're going through difficult circumstances and and have a different perspective that perhaps God is is you wants to use this storm in your life to grow you. Maybe it's maybe you're frustrated at something that's happening in your life and you can't understand why. Well, you can react one of two ways. It can drive you to your knees and to the Bible, or it can drive you away from the Lord in frustration. And you certainly don't want it to drive you away from the Lord in frustration. So um, if that's something that's interests you, I'll leave a link in the description of this. But anyway, thanks for listening to me ramble. Um, thanks for listening to this podcast. You can catch it on Wednesdays, same time, same place, typically ministry and missions unfiltered till next time. Thanks guys. See ya.